ABC Listen. Hi friends, it's Ruby here and this is News Time. Hi there, Ruby. Hello. I have five fantastic stories for you today. The first of which is about an Aussie gymnast making a name for herself, quite literally. Then we'll meet a benevolent barber making a difference in his community. After that, it's off to the moon to meet Australia's first moon rover. Speaking of Australian firsts, we'll learn about a new Indigenous podcast network. Then finally, it'll be time for... Wow of the Week. Yep, that's it. Should we get on with the countdown? Let's do it. Great. Here we go. Story number five. Georgia Godwin is one of the best gymnasts in the country. It's like doing all this bendy stuff with your body to keep you healthy. It's a sport. Um, makes you quite flexible. She represented Australia at the Tokyo Olympics a couple of years ago, and she's won two gold medals at the Commonwealth Games for gymnastics. Georgia now has another accolade to be proud of. A special gymnastics move has been named after her. In gymnastics, a cool trick is called a skill. There are lots of different skills that people can do to show off the stuff they're best at. You can hang on bars and go to sides. Well, you do like cartwheels and handstands. Uh Uh-huh. If someone's the first person to ever do a skill in a competition and they do it without making a mistake, the skill gets recorded in a big gymnastics book called the Code of Points and then it gets named after the person who did it. The new skill that Georgia did was pretty complicated. She was the first gymnast ever to spin around the top bar on her hips, then go up into a handstand, and then spin around on her hands 360 degrees. Whew, it's even tough to say. I bet it's tough to do. I can't even explain. And it looked like she was doing lots of flips and swings. Handstands like on the bar while holding the bar. From now on, if someone does the skill that Georgia Godwin did, it will be called a Godwin. Imagine that. She's achieved something big. Pretty happy. Nice work, Georgia. Story number four. Not too long ago, Enele Ma'afu moved from Fiji to the town of Mount Isa in Queensland. He is a barber and brought his passion for good hairstyling with him. I like doing haircuts because, like, when it's really hot, it gets off your neck sometimes and it also doesn't get in your face. I love having short hair when, and I don't really like having long hair getting into my eyes. Getting a haircut can make someone feel confident and happy. Enele knows that well, and he sees it in his clients all the time. When he first moved to Mount Isa, Enele could see his community was struggling with money and a lack of services. When he lived in Fiji, Enele set up a local hair salon and a fundraiser to help people who were doing it tough and he helped a lot of people. So he decided to do something similar in his new home. Every Sunday for three hours, 
Anele and his friends roll up the door to their garage and provide free haircuts for the community. Very unselfish to do that. I reckon it's very nice. Some people need a free haircut because they don't have any money. They probably feel happy that they have access to a haircut if they don't have money to pay for one. Along with a new hairstyle, locals can come in for a chat, enjoy some cakes and drinks, and there's even free clothes and toys for anyone who needs them. Locals get to look good and feel good, and Anele gets to share his gift with the community. Story number three. The Australian Space Agency is our new organisation for exploring outer space. It's similar to what NASA is in America, and in a couple of years, they're going to send a rover up to the moon. Well, I've heard of Mars rovers, which I think remote-controlled robots that go around Mars and collect samples, so they probably do the same thing on the moon. A very similar thing. The new moon rover will collect lunar soil from the moon's surface, so NASA scientists can help the ASA scientists to see if there's any oxygen that can be taken out of the soil. If there is, it might help humans one day live on the moon, or even on Mars. I think it's pretty unlikely that they will be able to live there, but it's good to try it out. There might be aliens' footsteps and like maybe like a drop bag or something. Um, there might be things, rare things on there that they didn't know were anywhere. Before all the exploration can happen, the rover needs a name. So the Australian Space Agency decided to ask the Australian public what they think the rover should be called. I would name it after me. I would name it after a robot, E1238. Prove. Of the R2-D2. I like your suggestions. People sent in more than 8,000 ideas and they got whittled down to four favourites. The top choices were Coolerman from the Wiradjuri word for a tool used for carrying, Kakira, from the Ghana word for moon, mateship, a name that celebrates Aussies being good friends, and rover, a cross between the word rover and a kangaroo. I like rover. Mateship, um, rover, rover. After a big vote, finally our moon rover has a name. Without further ado, the winning name is rover. Good luck, little rover. We can't wait to see what you discover on the moon. Story number two. Here's a question. Can you tell me what a podcast is? You can, like, hear it, but you can't see any pictures. It's like a movie, like a mini movie, but with no pictures. Um, basically like a radio. Technically just a show with no pictures. Yep, news time, the show you're listening to right this very second, is a podcast. Podcasts are like radio shows that you can listen to anywhere, anytime, and they can be about pretty much anything. A podcast network is a company where people work together to make different kinds of podcasts. And recently, Australia's first Indigenous podcast network was launched. 
It's called Blackcast. The Blackcast Podcast Network is owned and run by First Nations people, which means that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are in control of the stories that get told about their lives and experiences. Cool. If it's about um, their heritage and language or something, um, I think that's good. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have been telling stories and sharing ideas on this land for thousands and thousands of years. This new network extends that storytelling into podcast form. Pretty amazing. I think that it's good that they do podcasts as well. Mandanara Bales from Blackcast says it's an awesome feeling coming to work with other Indigenous people. She says she feels understood and welcomed. Mandanara and the Blackcast team want it to be a safe space for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and all people of colour in Australia to tell their stories and be heard. And that brings us to... This story made me go wild because I didn't know mice needed that much oxygen, not much. At the very top of the Yuyayako volcano in South America, the conditions are so harsh that not even plants can grow there. The volcano is 6,700 metres high, about three times taller than the tallest mountain in Australia. It's freezing cold, wildly windy, and there's not a lot of oxygen. Very hard to get up there. Yep, conditions almost impossible to survive. Or so we thought. About three years ago, scientists visiting Yuyayako discovered a tiny leaf-eared mouse scurrying around the summit. They thought the mouse might have gotten there by accident, carried up in a scientist's luggage or something. But studying other mountaintops in the area, scientists found other leaf-eared mice nearby. That means it wasn't a fluke. The mini-mammals really can survive in those conditions. That makes them the highest dwelling vertebrates ever found. Do they not need oxygen? Not much oxygen, I guess. Pretty cool. Cute and furry. Because everyone thinks about them as they're like scurrying around in the walls of their houses, but then now they're up on mountains. It makes you wonder, though, if there aren't any plants up there, what are these mice eating? Rocks. They probably eat something underground. If there's any sticks there, they could have, like, smushed them together, then broken and then ate them. Good ideas. Well, scientists are wondering the same thing, and they're not sure yet. One idea is that the mice might be surviving on lichens. That's green or white furry stuff that you see growing on trees and rocks. Scientists want to study these little legends more closely to understand how something so small can survive somewhere so cold. And with that, my friends, we have scurried our way to the end of another countdown. Thanks, Ruby. Thank you. You are very welcome. Don't forget to do the news time quiz. The questions and answers are in the show notes. Bye, Ruby. See you later. Bye-bye. See you later. Or as they say in Portuguese, adiós.
News Time is an ABC Kids Listen podcast. For other awesome podcasts to play, music to move to, and stories and soundtracks for sleep, download the ABC Kids Listen app. It's free from your app store.